This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Faux Monday the snackable companion to FOMO Sapiens. Of course, we will be back on Thursday with a full episode of FOMO Sapiens, and I will be talking to Harley Rustad, who wrote a stunning book that I completely flipped out over. It is called Lost in the Valley of Death, and it's about an Instagram influencer who goes missing in India while sort of doing this travel that is, you know, he's kind of putting it out to the world on Instagram and there's a real question in the book about how much his desire to project his travels for his followers led to him putting himself in a very precarious situation. And he ended up, unfortunately, they've never been able to find him. And so it's a mystery and it's really just an incredible story. And in fact, I when once I read the book, I started telling friends about it because I was so amazed. And I found out that actually one of my friends here in New York knows one of the characters in the book, which is just insane. And so I, I, again, this book is amazing. The podcast conversation we have is going to be fantastic. And it made me think about travel. Now, you may have heard about the term revenge travel. It's been popping up here and there. But if you haven't heard about it, I had to look this up because I wanted to get the right sort of definition for you all. Basically, the idea is it's a travel mindset that means that people are eager to travel and they're less willing to cancel their vacation plans this year uh, compared to in the past when, of course, we were all canceling due to coronavirus shutdowns. People are tired of that. They're vaccinated and they have been saving up their money and their miles to make that big post-pandemic trip. And so revenge travelers are going to take you know, a little bit more risk. They're going to pick places that are a little more exotic. They're going to spend more money. When I say risk, by the way, I don't mean they're going to do something physically harmful, but you get my point. They're going to go outside of their comfort zone. And I like that because travel for me has always been a very powerful way of breaking outside the comfort zone. I never left the United States until I was 20 years old. I went to Florida. I went, I went to some places around the States, but I just never 
never left the country. I didn't have a passport. My parents hadn't left either, except for trips to Canada. And you just needed a license back then to go to Canada. And so I hadn't even gone to Canada. I once walked into Canada from Maine when I was in high school. But that was really, that was the extent of my international travel. And then I got the scholarship to go to Argentina for my junior year in college. And I went, and that was the beginning. During that year, I traveled to basically most of the countries in South America, except for Venezuela and the three tiny ones at the top. And then I was kind of bitten by the bug of travel. And I have traveled a lot since then. I've been to 104 countries, as some of you may know. And people ask me, like, how did I manage to travel so much? And it was really a combination of my work. So I was investing. I've always invested internationally. So I always had somebody paying for me to go somewhere to work on these investments and things like that everywhere in Latin America, but also in Asia and, and Europe and just kind of all over the place. And then when I would travel, I would just kind of, I'd be like, well, you know what? I'm in Malaysia. Malaysia, why don't I just pop over and see the Philippines? And so I would find these little cheeky ways to visit other countries in the region. And then when my book came out, my first book, The 10% Entrepreneur, the State Department actually said, we really like this content. We think it is a cool message for people in countries that are more developing and need more support for entrepreneurs. And this could be a cool way for people to become entrepreneurs. And so the State Department started sending me on these tours and I went to places I would never have gone to, like the Gambia and Guinea-Bissau and Myanmar. And so it was really cool to be able to see the world with the help of the State Department. That's really magical. So like you roll into a country and you have a host and they introduce you to people and it's just kind of like all put together for you. So that's kind of what I did. And the more I traveled, the more sort of willing I was to do things that I would have never thought about before. So I just, you know, go to places like Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan and I don't even know, just tons of places. And so the thing is traveling is like swimming the more you sort of get comfortable swimming in the deep end of the pool, the more you just do it. You know, you're like, well, the shallow end's nice, but I can swim in the deep end, so I'm going to do that. And that's the same thing with travel. Now, the problem is <laughs> that, of course, like many of you, I stopped swimming in the deep end during the pandemic. And frankly, I found travel kind of intimidating. And the first time I got on a plane, I was freaking out. And I remember just thinking, this used to be nothing to me, and now I feel so overwhelmed. And so I have been working on swimming back into the deep end of the pool, and, you know, it's been a good process that has made me discover that, you know, I don't need to count countries anymore. I will admit, I used to sort of, I went to Luxembourg because I wanted that stamp, like, Luxembourg's fine, but really didn't light me up, but, you know, I wanted to get to 100 countries. I am past that point, I like to think, although I am trying to book countries 105, 106, I'll admit it, I'm still a FOMO sapiens, but I'm thinking about how to make travel more meaningful. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. FOMO. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day or taking a week, you don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, 1. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. Happy birthday. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close the books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind, so you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs. Those are key performance indicators in one efficient system. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know the show is all about making better decisions. And with this product, you can make better decisions because you have all the information you need 
right in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO to get your own KPI checklist because you know what? KPIs are better than ice cream. netsuite.com slash FOMO. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. FOMO. All right, so here are my eight tips to making travel more meaningful in 2022 and beyond. Number one, this is like about swimming in the deep end of the pool. Do not fear the stereotypes. So whenever I travel, I tell my poor parents where I'm going and they generally will freak out. Sorry, mom and dad. But I understand it and and I get it. But a lot of times the perceptions of places as being dangerous, I mean, everything is dangerous. Really, you can get hurt anywhere or you can get in an accident anywhere. And of course, some places have more risk. But there are certain places that have stereotypes that are associated with them that do not correspond to reality. A great example of this is Colombia. Of course, at one time, Colombia was a country that faced incredible challenges, security challenges. That is over. The country is very safe. Lots of people are going there. And so if you're thinking about going to Colombia and you're worried about security, you know, go check it out. Of course, read up on it, but I'm telling you something, that perception, the old narcos perception is really out of date. And that goes for U.S sort of domestic travel as well when it comes to neighborhoods. You know, I think about Brooklyn. Some people still think Brooklyn is like very exotic. I can tell you something, it, it really isn't. And frankly, you know, maybe there are parts that are, but it's where the action is. So if you're coming to New York City, don't stick around in Times Square and fear Brooklyn. Get yourself over to Brooklyn. See where the kids are. <laughs> Number two, do not overplan. A lot of people who have FOBO, they freak out. They try to plan every moment everything's scheduled to the T. Maybe that's your personality, but I can tell you something, spontaneity, just going down the old unexpected pathway, spending an afternoon doing something that is really, I don't even know that you haven't planned. You're just walking around. That's where the magic happens on travel. If you're simply going from tour to tour, and by the way, I don't do tours. I think tours are kind of a negative effect. They just pull us away from having a more authentic experience. And by the way, with the internet now, you don't need to. That's great. Now, I'm not saying don't take a tour. I just, uh, before the pandemic, did this cool food tour in Guatemala. That was pretty cool. But again, uh, as much as possible, try to arrange things yourself. Leave room for spontaneity. Leave space in your schedule for who knows what. And you will just have a much more rich experience. But number three, on the flip side of that, do not underplan. If you want to take, and I just did this this morning, I just booked it, the ferry from Copenhagen to Oslo to see the fjords, you got to do that in advance. You cannot roll up last minute because people want to be on that boat and they're going to raise the price. And so you do need to have some basic structure on your trip. And I try to do that. I mean, I'm not the best at that. I am very much a seat of my pants traveler, but I try to at least know, okay, I'm gonna, if I want a hotel, I'm going to book that in advance. Or if I'm going to do Airbnb, I've kind of checked out what's out there. You can oftentimes book these things in advance. So you just want to get a little organized, make sure you got the basic flights. And the great thing is these days, 
days, many of these things are more flexible than they were in the past. But some of those really important things like going to a particular museum where you got to schedule in advance, you got to do it ahead of time. And it'll give you some sort of structure that you can organize the rest of your trip around. Number four, don't think you just have to stay in a hotel. I have been trying alternative sort of arrangements, everything from camping, which I'm not I kind of like that, but it's not my, I wouldn't do it obviously everywhere. I'm better in a nature place, of course, but also Airbnb, like Airbnb is your friend. And I, I just love it because you can stay in neighborhoods where the hotels aren't very good, but you can find a sweet apartment. I do that all the time in Mexico city and I have found these amazing places. So definitely think outside the box in terms of housing arrangements. You can do VRBO, house swaps, all kinds of stuff. I've done it all. It really makes your trip more special. Next, be diligent about leveraging your network. And what I mean by this is a couple of years ago, I went to Qatar and I just put it on Facebook. I'm in Qatar. I'm in Doha for 24 hours. Anybody know anybody? And a woman I had met years before in Argentina, her ex-husband, who's Colombian, was living in Doha. Awesome guy from Medellin. He took me out to an incredible meal. I got to see the city through a local It was awesome. Way better than what I was doing before, which I fell asleep in a public park. So I mean, anything's better than that. But uh, this guy, Sebastian, just made the trip really special. So I do that all the time. I remember when I went to Ibiza, I went on a small world. You guys remember that old uh, social network and just put it up there. And I ended up meeting a guy who was uh, running, I guess he was like the doorman or the manager at one of the clubs there, Pacha, and he got me in. So that was awesome for me and my friends. Another time I was going to Abidjan in Cote d'Ivoire and I asked around to friends and one friend had this couple who they were working for the European Commission and the IFC. And so they took me around and showed me the city and we've stayed in touch. They were just in New York. So that kind of stuff. Even if it's somebody, you know, you go to a country and you don't know a person who lives there, a friend of a friend, I'm telling you, when you go to places where there is less foreign travel, folks who are living there who are expatriates or locals, they love seeing your smiling face. They love meeting foreigners. They want to show you around, show you their country. So avail yourself of that. It is the way to go. And I just think friends of friends makes it really special. I'm not so good with the strangers. I'm not like one of these people who meets random people in cafes. So I like the friends of friends. FOMO. FOMO. Next, get off the beaten path. That's right. If you go to a country, you know, go to the neighborhood where nobody's going. It's kind of like that, the thing about the stereotypes, but just think about things that are unusual. If you're in Paris, yeah, the Louvre is great, but are there other places you can go that are less discovered? That is really critical because in New York, I can tell you, we have tourists come, they go to the Met and the MoMA. Well, that's wonderful. But do they come to Tribeca and go to galleries? They probably don't do that. I barely do that. And when I go, I'm like, why don't I do this more? So just think about alternative experiences, whether it's dining, whether it's places to go, whether it's cities, because that's where the weird stuff is, right? And you're not going to find weird at the MoMA. You're going to find weird at the crazy Brooklyn gallery in bed And I think weird is good. Number seven, buy one special thing to keep. So I used to buy t-shirts. I do not anymore. I buy myself one thing. It's not crazy expensive, a couple hundred bucks, but you know, like it's a, it's a, it's a, um, I think the fancy way to say it is like objet d'art, uh, object of art, which is like some sort of thing. It's that you can put on a shelf or functionally use like a spoon. I have these cool spoons I bought in Kazakhstan or a rug or something like that. And just have something that you want to live with going forward and that is of some quality so that it's special to you. And the great thing is when you go to 
parts of the world like Latin America and Africa and Asia, you can find really great things at reasonable prices. So you can bring back something really special that uh, won't cost you a fortune. And finally, figure out the core places you always want to go back to. And this is kind of where I'm getting to more now in my in my life where I am today. I like the new stuff, but there are some places I can't get sick of. It's like I just want to have more of them and sort of explore them more and I feel comfortable there and I just feel like, hey, I could even live here. And so figure out those places. Like for me, it's LA, DC, Buenos Aires, London, Paris, Maine. I can't get enough of those places. I could just rotate around them over and over again. And I'm sure you have your own, but going back to those places, but trying them in different ways can be very special. All right. So again, eight tips to make travel more meaningful. Number one, don't follow stereotypes. Number two, do not overplan Phobos sapiens. Number three, do not underplan. <laughs> Number four, try something different when it comes to where you stay. Number five, leverage your network to meet cool people who will show you cool things. Number six, escape the trodden path, do something a little funky and weird. Number seven, buy something special to keep that is not just a t-shirt. And finally, number eight, figure out where you want to go back to and go. All right, everybody, I'm sure you have your own ideas. So if you want to share your places and ideas with me, feel free to reach out to me at Let's Connect at PatrickMcGinnis.com, on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. I will see you on Thursday with Holly Rustad. Until then, take care of yourselves, FOMO Sapiens. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. 